0: Yo
1: Hello everyone. Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the Internet. I think we're something on, like, uh, for me, anyway, day 70 of uh, quarantine or something here. We're uh, still here. Surprisingly, most anime still going. Uh, I think we only lost one show this week. Um, So, still things to talk about. But uh, I know there's been a lot of uh, cancellations floating around for next season, as we've been kind of expecting. But, you know, we're still here. Still got stuff to talk about. So, um, let's get into it. But we'll, you know, we'll introduce everybody first. I'm Jell. And we are—we're uh, three manning it today. We're a little short-handed, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, I'm joined by Iru. Uh,
2: I am also still here,
3: not dead yet.
1: Yes, still with us, and also G.
3: I mean, the real reason why we're running a lean crew today is because uh, the actual title of this week's podcast will be the BNA Pro Mayor and Trigger Discourse Power Hour.
1: Oh yes, we will have uh, some things to say. We got a we got a preview of that last episode <laughs> uh, with the uh, with B finishing, and I, I I finished it and had a few words to say. And uh, I know you guys finished it since we last spoke. Yeah, so uh, what,
3: was that yesterday? Yes,
1: there will be uh, some some discourse.
3: Yeah, I just want to get our right. audience primed and ready. I want them to get excited. It's we're gonna we're gonna dig deep <laughs> this week.
1: Uh I I'll be, I will be I think it's good we I think we intentionally held back on some of the discussion in our normal uh chat so oh, that we can yes have some real did. live uh reaction here. Live reactions folks. Yeah. You know, real real unscripted raw, you know, uh, <laughs> which Blades will probably ulti- will bleed, <laughs> which probably means bleed. we'll all ultimately end up somewhat agreeing with each other anyway, but um all right so, um, before we do get started, I just just want to mention, on a serious note, uh, mm-hmm. something that's been big news for um, really all of you know the English speaking anime fandom. Um, we had the the really pretty shocking uh, news about the uh, the loss of Zach Birchie, who is uh, one of the really the the guy at Anime News Network uh, one of the, one of the main people there, um, you know, of course, Anime News Network, you know, as much as we kind of joke and give them a hard time sometimes, they are probably the most important English language anime website on the internet and have been for ever, um, and, you know, he was a, a huge part in making that happen, um, you know, he, and, uh, You know, for me personally, I always really appreciated how he, uh, in a fandom that can be very toxic and difficult to deal with, uh, always stood up for you know his uh, his values and upheld um, you know basically you know went against all that. And you know that's something I always appreciated, and um, you know he was also a very good writer and articulated his points very well. And but that that was always kind of the most important thing to me. Um, and it was really I I didn't know what to say. It was just such a shock seeing that you know he was he was a you know young guy and everything. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know what can you even say when that kind of stuff happens? Uh, but you know, I feel like we, it was important for us to acknowledge that and, you know, the the entire community is mourning that loss. So Definitely. You
3: know. I, I think it can't be understated that, uh, you know, again, despite whatever we, you know, have might have said in the past about, like, the website's editorial, I think that it is important to recognize that prior to the formation of Anime News Network, there is no codified uh, transmission of information in the anime fandom, the English-speaking anime fandom. It is... Uh, prior to Anime News Network, the anime fandom gets its news entirely through rumor mongering and like poorly translated, you know, uh, press Magazines. releases and, <laughs> and magazine scans. It's it's entirely uh, misinformation. It's entirely hearsay, and it is actually how like I think some of the most persistent uh, rumors in the anime industry get spread around uh, is because of a that that, that older you know primordial era of the anime fandom and i think that uh anime news network really served a vital function in kind of you know again i'm not going to say that you know completely unbiased news or anything like that but they helped you know bring clarity bring some light to an industry that people liked but you know often struggled to truly understand because of the language barrier yeah and uh you know these days i think that for people who didn't really you know grow up with the anime fandom prior to that uh you know uh really should be grateful that we now live in an era where you know if, if you want to ask the question hey who worked on that anime that's information you can look up now and that is not just a like a, a poorly understood rumor or like a bad translation of somebody's name you know it's mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah it's, it's definitely a different and i think largely better time we, we live in now regarding um regarding that
1: Yep. So, um, again, I, you know, I, I, I don't know, I don't even know what else to say. It's such a, you know, tragic, sudden thing, but, you know, our condolences to his, uh, family and loved ones, and, you know, it's a big, big loss for our community, so. Yep. Oh, all right, well, no good way to transition out of that, unfortunately. Um, I mean,
3: other than into another, into an anime that, uh. Seems to be getting pretty. uh, Not if not serious, then uh, seems to be. um, (sighs) Yeah, going straight for the heart. uh, In
2: these last couple uh, of episodes, so you have to tell me what's going on here.
1: So yes, let's uh, let's kick things off by talking about uh, Kakushikoto. Yeah, which, as G has been implying, is uh, their their. Did their
2: Hinamatsuri Anzu episode happen? Oh, they're going hard.
1: They're they're going, yeah, they're going hard. Uh, the balance of power between comedy and tragedy are... Uh...
3: <laughs> oh, comedy lost this fight with episodes like, episode 7 onwards. Yeah, so, um,
1: we episode 7, you know, you think it's a fun episode about let's get a dog.
3: Oh, no, 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 within the first 30 <laughs> seconds, Jell, when I realized, oh, this is the episode they get the dog, I realized, oh, this is gonna be... Has the dog,
2: like, been in the, the future segments or something, or... The dog has been entirely
3: absent from the uh, future segments. <laughs> okay. The uh, they they
1: they basically they go in hard on the well, you know your dog pro- dogs only live like uh you know ten years or so, so you know enjoy every moment you have with them and everything. Uh, of, like, course, oh. of course,
3: of it, course. Yeah, It's going full have in. Have they on confirmed
2: that. that Dad is truly dead in the future? No, no. no. They are. They no. continue
3: to dance around it. Again, I am very confident at this point that Dad is not dead. Like that is. <laughs> I don't, I, I just think that the way the show, like, plays with its, you know, it plays out, like, in the way it's playing with, it's toying with this, with this reveal, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I think, like we said last time, that would seem almost too cruel yeah, for this show, but. Yeah, I think at this show, point, but... you know,
3: because of the kind of work this is, what's actually going to happen to his dad is still going to be something that, something that's sad, but probably sad in, like, a darkly funny way, because that seems to be. It got cancelled. <laughs> the show's mo. I right. mean, I think I said it in a prior podcast, like, what if he's just like in jail or something?
1: Yeah, <laughs> crimes. I don't. I don't know. Um, it's going to be interesting because, like, I don't think the the manga is finished, right? So I don't know how they're going to uh, okay. end this. Oh, that I don't know if anybody so... even knows that answer yet. Um, I
3: think, for the sake of an anime, though, I think you would have to reveal it because.
1: Yeah, like, you gotta, you're gotta. you gonna have to, they're building up so much to it, like, I, I don't think yeah, you could just leave that I mean, hanging. Because
3: episodes, I mean, specifically because episodes 7 and 8, they're going, like, they're spending more and more time in the future segments. Like, at the beginning, it was like, you know, 30 right. seconds at the end, you know, a, a short vignette. But now it's like, you know, we are spent. you know, we're getting... Entire, a whole part of the
1: episode, right, yeah. is in the future, right. Uh,
3: you know, despite that, though... Um, I think that like both episodes are still like they do a good job of like you know being sincere but also you know and a little dark a little tragic but also they they still manage to find their places to be you know you know to be funny like i think in episode seven right there's a uh kakushi sensei comes up with the uh the ten manga artist commandments or something (laughs) right Uh, okay okay About uh, you know how uh, basically trying to be a, a better, more gracious uh, a manga artist. Um, episode eight has uh, <laughs> uh, has arrives at the topic of anniversaries and. Uh, oh yeah, the, uh, uh, the asshole editor, editor not understanding how anniversaries work. A complete piece is... of shit. because <laughs> like,
1: he's like he's like he's like getting all excited about like what like a, a episode. 30.
3: The thirty eighth anniversary, it's or thirty eighth anniversary, but doesn't understand. it the
1: fortieth. But he doesn't understand. Yeah, but he doesn't understand why they should be excited about like their hundredth yes. chapter or something like that. It's, it's very good. Um, like, but yeah, I, I think probably with the one of the things the show does the best is balancing out those elements. And like even when they are bringing up like episode eight, they're bringing up heavy topics like, you know. Kakushi-sensei realizing uh no matter what he does the life that he's going to create is not going to be as good as the one where his wife lives. Um yeah. yikes yikes real real <laughs> light heavy. fun real light Dude, fun me, topics here. I mean
3: that's the arrow. let me tell you that this is the thing we've been trying to communicate this whole time it's like yes Kakushi Goto is a pretty funny anime but it it it, when it gets real it gets real like you know yeah like that whole vin- that, like the whole scene is related to like you know as an artist let me tell you this is a very real feeling of like the feeling that the final work never lives up to the rough draft. Like, mm-hmm. the rough draft when things were more spontaneous, when you were just, like, you know... In the early stages, when, when, when you felt like you had the whole world in front of you, and you could do whatever you want. And yep. then, Definitely as things start this. to get refined, it loses some of that spark. And then, you're like, ah, this is a pretty funny, relatable, like, topic. And then he manages to turn that into, like, an analogy for, like, the his relationship with his dead wife and it's like oh no <laughs> like he's well, turn away well, from here so
1: so they, they reveal is it, was it like his father-in-law that's the painter
3: yeah his father-in-law was the painter yeah so he
1: finds a painting that and he he did, he's not like on great terms with his father-in-law yeah and uh, he found a painting that he did of like what their family was going to look like in the future and it was called like rough draft or something like that of the future or yeah. something like that and he and and yeah they were really just Twisting that knife. Oh yeah, dude! This this <laughs> anime just
3: loves twisting the knife. It's again. I think it's like at this point, it it is kind of hard to describe Kakushigoto as a comedy. I mean, again, we still have four episodes left. You know, I think that the show will continue to try to like carry that balance through. But at this point, like you know,
1: <laughs> yeah, they're they're yeah, they're cashing in the. Cashing in those chips on the uh, on the heavier stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's probably only going to intensify as we get closer to the uh, end of the yeah, season. Yeah, you know,
3: right? so... as much as I've been liking that, I do kind of hope this show remembers to come back up for air sometime because.
1: Yeah, I I, uh... I do still feel like the, they don't dwell too much. Like, the, like even like when they when they drop that thing, they go for the dramatic. You know, he's running through the streets, and they immediately. <laughs> You oh, know, yeah, that part was they stop thing. him because he's about to run into a train, and like there's like a police officer holding him back or something, yeah, like, that, like to yeah, just to like nice. lighten up the mood a little bit. Fair enough. Um, so I I feel like they're they're still trying to maintain the the lighter tone to it, but it, yeah, I mean when you're <laughs> you can only get so light when you're covering those kind of concepts. So yeah, it's
0: but yeah, uh, it's it's still been it's good, uh, It's good though. It's good.
1: Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm curious to see how they're gonna wrap this up, given the, you know, ongoing nature of the source material.
3: Right, I'm I very curious, I mean, I don't know if I'm gonna read the manga after this, but, like, because if the manga is still ongoing, then, did it keep going past the reveal of his dad's, whatever, ha- I mean, her whatever happened to her dad, like, with Takakashi-sensei, like, because, like, how does that we, we, premise keep going after whatever that reveal is, right? Like
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and I feel like we need to know.
3: Yeah, but that's also we can't end this season without knowing.
1: There has like. to be some kind of closure to that. Right. So I don't know.
3: Very curious how very curious how they're going to frame and so the adventure continues with this sort of show.
1: <laughs> yes, when when you've already shown the end game or whatever. Yeah, it's a, well, what
3: feels like the end game at least.
1: That's a dangerous, uh, dangerous ploy. But um, yeah, I I feel like uh, other other than other than concerns about sticking the landing, uh, it's been pretty great so far. Definitely. So. All right, um, well, let's move along. Speaking of
3: comedies that are fucking killing it across <laughs> the board, holy shit!
1: Oh, Kaguya-sama Love is War Season 2 has, uh, they're, they're making a play for best anime comedy oh, they of the went, decade. they, they also and, went
3: hard this week, but in a different direction. It's, uh, it,
1: Yeah, um... <laughs> yes, yeah, so it, it's interesting because episode six. So episode six is the the election that they've yeah, been. Yeah, I'd say up that to. one
3: is actually not that comedic. Like I'd say largely episode six, is almost pure like drama, right? Or anime. Drama. It's, it's a
1: little like, more. It's a little more serious. Yeah, yeah. like um, because c- you know they 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 have the election and the, you know the one upstart girl that's trying to take them down is you know a terrible public speaker and you know rather than just. You know, crush absolutely crush her the president you know tries to help her out to at least help her save face
3: yeah it's it's, it's a and... nice moment it definitely like you know it, it helps like remind you oh yeah like okay yeah the kaguya Saba crew are kind of dirtbaggish sometimes but they're not like <laughs> these are not these are not like Saba tier people right no these, no, these no. are still fundamentally decent people even ishigami <laughs> like even ishigami in that episode is like Yeah, I don't like her, but it really sucks that, like, this happens to her every time. Right. You know, it's like...
1: Yeah, and they they kind of, and then after the election, they're all kind of dealing with their own insecurities of, oh, wait, am I actually going to be on the student council again?
3: Yeah, Yeah, that was a good joke, right, of, like, the weird, like, question nobody wants to broach of, like... Wait, do I still get my job? Right, just because just
1: because uh, Shiragani got reelected doesn't mean I automatically uh, join the student council yes, again. So, which is, uh, it's pretty um, good. and and you know, the, as as predicted, the uh, the new girl joins as well. Um, She's
2: just part of the I, like main core cast now. Uh, yeah. Well, with episode well, seven, sort of. <laughs> she, we'll, tries. Well,
3: we'll, we'll um, <laughs> she tries.
1: We'll see. I was kind of join. disappointed. My other prediction of uh, Ishigami not making it into the student council. And then uh, trying to get back in. Uh, I mean, happen. yes, that
3: would have been a good bit, but I think I think for better or worse, I characters like Ishigami's like, just from a narrative standpoint, there is no way you can justify him being part of the main cast without him being like, right, lumped into the student council. Right, their so. their
1: their life is so tied up with the student council. It would be hard to do that. But uh, it would have been a good joke though. Um, <laughs> yes,
3: yes.
1: And then so once they get the uh, heavy stuff out of the way. They come out swinging with the comedy in Episode 7.
3: Oh, yeah, dude. Episode (laughs) 7 is, like... You know, I... Here's the thing. I want to say this, like... I I, want to say this up front. Usually, the joke of, like... A licentious misunderstanding doesn't really work for me in anime. Because most of the time, it's a little hackneyed. They work that trope magnificently in Episode 7. Just...
1: Yes, uh... With uh, such great dialogue as Siri uh, search for manhor whore, and uh, <laughs> um, okay. yes, how do I get him to secrete that? Oh. Um, which sounds even funnier out of context. Oh, but
3: man. I, you know, I <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> I got, I got, I got to ask. I wonder if there's like a weird cultural thing I'm just not getting with Ishigami's rant about boxer briefs as a boxer briefs guy I was not aware of this association uh, but <laughs> uh, uh, I, seems to hold some strong opinions about peop- about briefs versus boxers versus boxer briefs so
1: yeah I, I, I don't know maybe maybe <laughs> maybe uh, when you're uh, when you, when you're a kid or a teenager somehow that seems more uh, adult. To wear boxer briefs than just regular briefs. I mean, I think, I, I, think, I think
3: it's very telling that the the last joke at the end is that. <laughs> I kind
1: of don't want to explain why we're talking about underwear. Is right that he's now.
3: buying a pack just, of boxer briefs is the most like, oh yeah, totally. This is like some primo male teenager insecurity shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yes, yeah, the fact that he immediately goes and buys some after that is the yeah, right. Um... Yeah, that, so that was kind of the first half. We had uh, Kaguya going horny on main there for a bit, and oh, then dude. Uh, Jesus, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah, and then uh, you know, you know, you know, it's going to be a good joke when they pull out the ED with like five or six minutes left to go in the yes. episode.
3: <laughs> Man, that that is a they committed to that bit like holy shit! Like, I yeah, thought, I thought that was going to be like a thirty second thing, dude. That thing is like the whole last third of that episode. Yeah, so like
1: the second the the second joke the second segment of the episode is um i forget who start. is it Shirgani's sister that starts yeah. it uh, she, she she reads this uh this shoujo manga that has her in tears and then it kind of domino effects past to everybody else who also is like incredibly moved by it it's, and, it's uh, very good <laughs> so Shirgani's plan is to make uh to read it so that she'll be she'll want to fall in love so badly that she'll be forced to confess to him
2: Uh, of course
1: and uh so so that was kind of a joke in itself that she like they could barely get her to read it because she's like that sounds dumb Uh. I, i do
3: want to say before we get to the big bit of the last part of that episode i will say i did appreciate a lot of the like Smaller bits leading up to it, right? Like Fujiwara spoiling the ending of the manga. <laughs> right.
1: Like, right? She's just like, Everybody... oh
3: man, I cried so much when the character dies at the end. <laughs> just, <laughs> but and make, she...
1: making it even like making it like even more understandable why Cagula is like. That sounds dumb, because when you, when you actually say the plot of those kinds of things, it right. know, doesn't it's, resonate it's, at all, of it course. Is, right? it, is so. the,
3: it is the classic... I mean, look, as somebody who, for example, reads a lot of manga and tries to recommend it to his friends, <laughs> it is the classic conundrum of describing it purely in words alone isn't doesn't always do a good enough job of selling, like... You know why this thing hits so hard right like, right
1: between that and not wanting to spoil anything
3: right you, like, you, you do that thing of like look i know the premise sounds super basic but you gotta believe me
1: just trust me yeah
3: like, they do it really well the characters are super compelling <laughs> and uh, yeah
1: so so like you think the joke is just going to be kagi is just not going to read it but <laughs> she does eventually read it and they go to the ED. And when we come back from the ED, we're in a shoujo anime.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> she, her, her shoujo vision has been turned on. I see. And Full, full on, like, Rose of Versailles. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, like, they
1: changed the art style and everything. Yeah, it's just, they, like, a completely entirely different. new
3: character designs. And I, I had to look this up. Uh, apparently, that section was actually storyboarded by, like, uh, I, I, I forget uh, his or her name, but a fairly famous shoujo anime, like... Uh, art director okay or uh, a a director and so like yeah it
1: looks like it's authentic it's authentic
3: it looks the part right it's not like it's not just like a shitty like you know i mean we say rosa Versailles, but it's not just like a shitty haha shoujo anime you know joke it is like we got an actual shoujo artist to do character redesigns of the cast fully committed (laughs) yeah Oh, it's, and it's so uh,
1: it's so good. It's, um, it's amazing. And it's not even like that's a joke that hasn't been done before. Right. It's, it's just it, I think their level of commitment to yeah, it.
3: It's the execution and <laughs> commitment, right? Like like it's it, I think it is one of those things where like if you this is a joke that if you pop too early, it doesn't have the impact. And if you if you linger on it and, and if you don't linger on it long enough, then all it ever becomes is like a one off bit. But like right them committing all the way to like shojo sexy Ishigami is like just so outlandish <laughs> it's like the same man who was yelling about boxer briefs being man, like being man whores earlier in this episode doing the full on like you know I love marine life and I could teach you a lot about it if you were to come with oh, to the that's, aquarium yeah, they're
1: trying to make going to the aquarium sound sexy <laughs> it's really <laughs>
3: Uh, bust, out the, bust
2: out the harps and the,
3: uh...
1: Oh, there's so many roses and sparkles. God, um. fucking
3: Shiro got would be like, forget that. I love penguins. I love the penguins <laughs> at the aquarium so much. I even know the names of their handlers. It's like... This yeah, isn't... He
1: may be a master of fish, but... I love penguins. It's
3: like, this is not sexy dialogue in the slightest, but they're so committed to the bit. It's... Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, that that's gonna, when, when I do my uh, top moments of the year list at the end of the year, that'll probably end up in there as an individual. I mean, individual. It's, it's a
3: good one. I mean, you know, I think Kaguyasama in general is definitely, like, this season specifically could... I probably won't do this because this is not, like, my forte, but it is the kind of show that makes me tempted to write a Kaguyasama presents individual best moment.
1: Because <laughs> there's, of... there's too many... Uh, yeah, yeah, because too many good ones there are and... so
3: many good Good, good bits in uh, yeah. this season.
1: Yeah. So, oh man, that show's still killing it. Um, yeah,
3: it's it's been a lot of fun.
1: And I, you know, I, I, they've all but confirmed they are going to finish it. So, yeah, uh, uh, I think I, we're... I'm
3: glad to hear that, and I'm looking forward to it
1: we're actually going to get yeah, an ending I, whatever whatever stopping point they managed to find
3: yeah i'm i'm certainly curious if they're going to try again to kind of ratchet up the drama for the finale you know i think the like
1: i, I i'm sure there'll be one more at least one more dramatic moment uh, uh you know to find us a, enough of a you know we we know for we know for a fact we're not going to get closure but enough right. of a stopping I mean the point. the
3: manga is still ongoing
1: so right um And how they managed to keep milking this premise, I don't even know, but... I don't know if it's just because, for all intents and purposes, Kagi and Shiragani are basically dating anyway, that it doesn't matter, but... I don't know. Uh.
3: (laughs) The only only thing I've sort of absorbed from cultural osmosis is... Related to the manga, people talk about Ishigami a lot more than I thought they would, and so... (laughs) I wonder if he becomes a more relevant Do you, character. Do you think that he'll have a
1: bigger role to play?
3: Yeah, maybe that's where it goes. But uh, again, that's just that's just yeah. i thing thinking about it. has so. he has
1: he hasn't he hasn't had like an arc or anything, right? right he's like, like the
3: one character that hasn't really had a, a, a focus episode, I guess. Like, like he's
1: well, yeah, he, he's had like segments, but like right, not, but like uh, you know,
3: even compared to Fujiwara, who is also arguably a side character, you know, she has like. So many episodes to her name or, or even the
1: new girl, I mean the whole last arc was yeah, yeah, so I mean I think
3: so so maybe you know, for better or worse, he is the logical last character to explore in more depth once uh, once you've exhausted all the good jokes from everybody else
1: <laughs> all right all right, well i uh, I am looking forward to more of that uh, unfortunately. Um, or maybe fortunately, uh, we're not going to get too much more of the next show.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, Are you not looking forward to more
2: of? Uh... Talk about the, the less good comedies.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um Gal and Dino. Uh, uh huh. We had we only had one episode because they have now officially postponed.
2: Yeah, which I think makes sense concerning the heavy live action component. Uh-uh. Right.
1: You definitely can't make those. Uh, Without, with, uh, <laughs> you can't make those from. So home. tell
3: me, guys, at episode seven of Gal and Dido, should I pick this show back up?
1: Again? So okay, so I <laughs> last time, I, like the past two episodes, I enjoyed because we were talking about how they they kept the the live action bits more in tune with uh-huh. the the tone of the series. And once again, episode seven, you know, I enjoyed. It was really kind of cute, sweet bit for the animated part. Uh uh-huh. Where Dino is like, or where um, Kaede gets sick, and Dino doesn't know what to do. So to try to cheer her up, he like finds some like street performer guy who's playing guitar on the street and like brings him home. <laughs> and, just, uh-huh. just, <laughs> and it's it's kind of it's kind of nice and sweet, like the show is. And they kind of mirror that in the live action segment, except instead of uh str- you know musician busker, guy,
2: yeah. he,
1: What was that? Iro? Instead
2: of just some black like, busker, they bring in a handful of one-note unfunny japanese comedians yes oh good good so whereas my Inclu- my least favorite episode including the the lion king guy who's apparently whose one bit is he sings the song from the beginning of lion king and apparently that's the joke
1: that's his entire career is based off of that apparently wow, that's, um uh... Yeah, so, so if you recall, episode four, they did this, and I absolutely hated it, where uh-huh. they brought in some weird comedian guy. Uh huh. So this time, they brought in four weird comedian guys that I did not find funny at all, and That's... I did not even finish watching the episode. Man. You didn't miss uh, much. I, I stopped around the Lion King I guess guy. I'm
3: curious, like, what is, you know, what, you know, I, I, I hate to be like, what's going through the heads of the people working on this show, but like, is it like a licensing deal? Is it like, hey... I you know, maybe like, it just is
1: like the director just likes them like and that's just his personal. Con-
3: you're contractually obligated to bring these four shitty, unfunny comedians onto your show. Like, all right, yeah, is it that the, the director thinks they're hilarious? Just, like, it's just
1: like his personal preference, and I'm in charge, so I'm gonna put whatever the hell I want I think in my they show. Might just be out of
2: ideas. I don't know. I don't man. know. It's
3: just like it's it's it's. I mean, again, as someone who hasn't watched any of this, hearing it is it's kind of, it's kind of, it's it's confounding in a ways, I guess, like, I, you know, they had such a good thing going with the the, the, the time travel bit, like. Yeah, yeah,
1: even if they had carried that on, it was like, okay, I, this is stupid, but at least it's, like, so weird that I, it's interesting, and they, they kind of just killed that, I don't know if they'll ever come back to that after he burned the time travel book, uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know, man, I, I. And it's like, you could have just... I, I'm assuming there's enough manga material that could have just have a second segment of the good part. <laughs> I would be I fine with that. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, I don't know. But unfortunately, uh, it's not going to matter much for now, as Episode yep. 8 has been postponed indefinitely. It's joined the list of uh, anime affected by the COVID-19 situation. So, uh that's going to be it for Galandino for now. Um, I mean, I we'll... are you guys
3: going to even pick it up, like, if it comes back? I mean, honestly. Good question.
1: Like... That is a good question, yeah. I guess it's depend- It's going to depend on uh, where and when at this point, right? Yeah,
3: Because I feel like shows like Gal and Dino especially rely so heavily on a sort of, like, cultural momentum. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you think about, like, when we were watching Pop Team Epic. Like, just week to week, it's like... Did you see
1: right? Did you see what happened? What crazy stunt they pulled? What uh...
3: awful, ugly shit posting bit will they come up with this week? (laughs) That—that's part of the appeal this time, right? But so, so a show like Gallant Die, which is trying to trade on a similar energy, like just stopping like this, it's like, and especially on such a low note, it's—it's.
1: I mean, on the flip side, we may have literally nothing else to watch when it comes back. So who knows?
3: Fair enough.
1: Um. Yeah, it's just gonna be a matter of time and place, I think, at that point. But um Yeah, again, same same old story though. I, I enjoy the, the animated bits. There's good stuff there and I don't know why they have to tack on the other stuff, but um Yep. We'll see when it comes back.
0: Alright. Yeah
1: Um Uh Are you guys still watching, listeners? Uh I should have asked. Uh
3: huh. Yes, we are. (laughs) Beforehand.
1: All right. So, episodes seven and eight. What's, uh, has anything, uh, developed out of that so far?
3: They went to, uh, Londinium. Uh huh. Which is just like. London? Like, yeah, like 70s, 60s, 70s era working class London. Okay. Um,.
1: What uh, what what uh, musical references did they choose to make on that one?
3: I mean, honestly, mostly, Jimi Hendrix. So, uh-huh. which I mean, that's more because like the episodes are focused on um the legendary pilot Jimmy Stonefree. So right, they're leaning fully into the Jimmy Hendrix. Who's apparently uh, like,
2: was secretly a... earless all along
3: or something. I mean, they're doing the Eureka Seven twist, like that's it's it's. The monster. You know,
1: there's a lot of that. People. There's a lot of that going around when we get to the uh, B talk, but yeah. And, uh, so. uh, yeah,
3: <laughs> it's you know, so it, these two are kind of of a pair. Yeah. It kind of does like one of the classic tropes. of, Like the first episode focuses on like a side cast of new characters plus one reoccurring character, kind of like doing their own thing, and then like, you know, eventually, you know. Leading up to, like, this big climactic event. And then the second episode of the two follows a different set of characters leading up to those same events. You know, kind of a come full circle sort of thing. And, you know, I think this is generally can be a pretty effective storytelling device. I think the problem is that hinges on us caring about anybody and listeners. Which, yeah, yeah we don't. So it doesn't really work. And,
2: like, just... I still feel like I don't have any ground to stand on for understanding the world. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm i unable to, like, logically follow what's causing these things to happen, or why they should be important.
3: Yeah, just the show's made no effort to try and ground us in anything, like, relatable or understandable, and... You know, it's what we say every week, like, it just, it just turns the show into, like, a weird collection of episodic vignettes, where that studio just wants to show off how many music names they know. You know, <laughs> like, just... Like, do you get the reference? It's like, yes, I do, but what does that serve to the narrative? All right. Absolutely if the, if your narr- nothing.
2: If also, yeah, if your narrative isn't working without the references, adding them in ain't gonna do shit. Right.
3: right. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just... It's not... So even now where it feels like it's starting to build... It's starting it to build towards a quote-unquote proper plot again it doesn't really it doesn't really land it doesn't i mean it's it, it's never landed <laughs> and it yeah. continues to not and it's i don't even want to say it's a shame but like you know there there are there are some slightly interesting things that like listeners does with its aesthetic the way it appropriates musical imagery you know i think that like you know for better or worse i actually do think you know using like you know Industrial, you know, Cold War era London as an aesthetic to represent the like the the central base of power in this world, fighting against the earless, uh-huh. like stuff like that is pretty effective because that era of London is both iconic to the type of music that listeners is referencing, and it's also kind of iconic to like like the post war era of our own world and right like they're you know you can do some neat stuff with it you know i mean it, i mean to, for better or worse it is like this era of london is emblematic of the now very cliche keep calm and carry on era of the uk like right. yeah
1: but and it's also if you're making a show about rock music that's like an extremely important time totally, and location totally it
3: really is <laughs> But, like, it just doesn't, just, it continues just not do anything interesting with it. like
1: Right. Uh-huh. It, like, the con- the, like, the concept is solid, but you're not doing, you're not executing on it. Yeah. Right.
3: And, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't really feel like there's much more to say about it. I feel like, actually, what we should do, because it's not listed here in the show notes, but, uh, we should just use some of listeners' time here to, uh do our weekly soccer Wars the animation check-in? Sure. Yeah, why not? Oh, Fuck yeah.
1: I, I actually did not put that on the notes.
3: Uh, also, that...
2: barely, like, somehow it holds together better than listeners has.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still a fucking mess. A but... complete fucking mess, yes. Uh, I I did, I don't know why, it got a laugh out of me because, like, it is the most fucking Japanese anime thing in the world, but... I, I, so, in this will get into, like, our, our talk about, like, Soccer Wars as a whole, but in Soccer Wars episode, I think, 8 or whatever, like, uh, they finally have a uh, a review versus review fight. We have not had any of those up till now, but my understanding is those, those are quite a big deal in the game, and uh, we are finally getting one here between Moscow and Tokyo. Right, but we're fighting uh, over who gets to keep the MacGuffin girl... It's basically a custody trial by <laughs> by way of combat.
2: Um, <laughs> well, no, you see, first uh, it's, it's a, it's a uh, who wins two out of three custody trial by combat, and uh, the first round is a dance battle. Yes,
3: except like so. Yeah, it's a dance competition, which you're like, okay, sure, but then you quickly begin to realize, oh wait, the two people dancing are dancing completely different dances, right? Like Hatsuho is doing like this, like very like you know like. Traditional, Traditional Shinto. Shinto shrine maiden dance, and then the Russian lady is doing ballet, solo ballet, and it's like, <laughs> how do you even adequately judge this? And then don't worry, Soccer Wars has the answer for you in that, ah, they would have been equally tied, but the judges of this event were all <laughs> Europeans. Fucking oh, dirty guy Jin don't understand the transcendent beauty uh... of our ancient Nippon dance. And so, of course, <laughs> Dirty, uneducated guy Jin prefer their dirty guy Jin ballet, and I just fucking howled. I lost it. I was like, I was like, fucking. Of course, of course, that's the explanation you go for,
2: right? Then we just skip the second event, which is an obstacle course
3: where you eat bread. Um, they just skip it. Right, because the Mo- the Moscow leader forfeits the match because he's like, oh, the so Moscow combat review is known for its grace and dignity. We will not, you know, uh, debase ourselves by eating right. bread. I mean, all it really does is make the competition a two out of three. Uh-huh. But like, it's one of those things where it's like that in of, its- of itself can be kind of a funny joke. But I think the problem with Soccer Wars is that that scene kind of encapsulates our problem of Soccer Wars even when it's trying to be funny it takes itself a little bit too seriously it needs, it
2: needs to be more it needs to it needs to be more self indulgent just right, go for like, it just do in, all the dumb shit
3: sakura wars needs to be that dumb self indulgent 90s anime kitchen sink right like it's 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 really kind of it, it, it is really weird how often sakura wars pulls out like the no fun allowed card on itself <laughs> and it's like why would you self-sabotage yourself like that like you literally handed yourself a great comedic presence like like premise on a silver platter and then you said no 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 we're not that kind of show and it's like
0: but <laughs> yeah, you like, are do yourself
3: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah like so so yeah it's a little weird and then you know obviously the last of the three is uh, a mock battle and then, of course, uh, the Russians reveal that they were cheating and brought real weapons to uh, uh-huh. to the mock battle, and they and also uh, they have demons or something, right? And yes, yes, they yes. It's it's revealed that because uh, nobody would have guessed this, but uh, right. the little Russian girl that the the our main characters rescued and are currently harboring is some kind of angel demon i guess an angel she guess. has angelic wings of but, like, I, thought, I thought only demons existed in this setting but i guess angels do too is sakura wars just like a poorly written shin megami tensei like
1: yeah. maybe i <laughs> uh, that might be giving it too much credit but uh is,
3: is, is there some sort of i mean is there some sort of like war in the heavens like be- between the primordial primordial forces of law and chaos going on in the background i don't
1: oh, who knows
2: dude i don't know yeah um. but
3: also like this felt like
2: almost a penultimate episode kind of deal except we still have four episodes right left. we're <laughs> only episode eight the thing is like watching bna uh which is definitively ended like has thrown off my sense of time along with everything else going on right has thrown off my sense of time and now i'm like all oh, right right all of these shows are about to finish it's like no we're two-thirds through
3: right like i had to, yeah i had to stop and do inventory I was like oh my god we still have a full third of this season left. Like, we're not done.
1: <laughs> right, so it feels like it's supposed to end next episode, but yeah. there's too much, uh... Yeah. Hmm.
3: Uh, well. Kohei Tanaka soundtrack still fucking slaps. Oh yeah, but there's I mean, a, that guy's great. There's a good-ass track during this episode that feels like it's straight out of G Gundam or something, so I was, uh... I was quite pleased with that aspect
1: anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Well, uh, unfortunately, I have not really played the game too much more since the last time we talked. I played a little like, about a, a, a... Oh, they also did like finally recognize
3: in, but, uh, that the other reviews existed. Because uh, they're
2: all watching this battle on television. Right, up, till, up okay. until
3: this eighth episode, we had seen basically zero mention of any of the other combat reviews. Because the there should be... To, to, to the point where I was beginning to speculate with the of, like
1: they'll they
3: die in the video game because like they get me- there's no mention of them at all not even a like ah they're busy with something else on the mainland or something it's just straight up zero mention like like yeah, they don't exist and i was like
1: it should be um because like there's shanghai Ber- london berlin, and berlin yeah. yeah yeah and they finally yeah, the
3: get they finally get a cameo this week so yeah confirmed still alive i guess
1: because I'm, I'm still in the uh, Combat Review Olympics chapter mm. right now, where you're fighting all of them. So, um... All right. I know, uh... We'll have to get, uh... Because I think Chris either finished or he's way ahead of me in the game. He might be able to give more context when yeah. we have to get him I think he's also watching some. the anime now. And, too, and he's so watching the anime, so finally we, we finally give have us somebody... some
3: much-needed context.
1: Doing both that can explain what the hell is going on. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, uh, (laughs) it's at least a spectacle, right? Not as much as it should be. Uh, But also,
3: yes, what Eros said.
1: Yeah. Alright, we'll check back in. I'll try to get up more on the game. And maybe I'll try the anime. The way the way you guys <laughs> talk about it, I'm not uh, <laughs> super psyched. I, I about mean, it. I don't know,
3: man. If you if you if you, you you say you've been enjoying the game, right? Like if you really genuinely like the game, there might be something here for yeah,
1: you. Yeah, well, I'm enjoying the, the game anime. in a very weird specific way that I don't know will carry over to the anime. Mm. Um, like I keep saying I like its sort of janky PS2 B-tier G- JRPG feel. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which I don't know how much of that is act, like, actually tied to playing the game versus uh, watching an anime about it, but hmm. um, I don't know. We'll uh, I don't know. All right. right. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. We're still talking about Sing Yesterday for me. Boy, are we. Which we're still watching. Uh-huh. How's um, that been going well, least, for you guys? At least me and Iroh are still watching. <clears throat> hmm. So uh, would it be fair to say uh, this week... I did not. S- this I've not seen
2: yesterday's episode, but um, okay.
1: Well, I can't, it I mean, kind of continues. Imagine
2: it's that different. Yeah,
1: it, it continues off of the events of episode seven. But let's. Would it be fair to say, by this show's standards, they were uh, turning up the heat in episode seven? I guess, but still, if, like if by turning up turning up hell. the heat means. Uh, Everyone uh, about to make a move suddenly uh, f- being filled with self doubt and second guessing themselves, and nothing actually happens. Yeah, I feel like um, none,
2: nobody in the show deserves to be in a relationship with anybody else in this show. <laughs> they, they, yes,
1: they. Nobody, no, no one in the show is prepared to be in a relationship. That that much is clear. Um, uh-huh. but, uh huh. But yeah, we kind of have the the whole driving force of these two episodes is. Uh, I can't even remember. Teacher? The teacher lady's Look, name.
2: Look, I, I go by. There's there's main guy. We have the teacher. We have Crow okay, Girl. Okay, main guy.
1: Main guy, teacher. Crow Girl. Crow Girl. Safety and Safety Pin Kid. Safety Pin Kid. <laughs> and the, that's the main that's, cast, yeah, that's right? That's the main cast. So, um, the driving force <laughs> sure of these name. episodes is is Teacher Lady.
2: Right. She uh, she had a thing for Safety Pin Kid's dead older brother. Um, right. Right.
1: Which we, we've known for a while now, but right. she's now trying to move on with her life. And, uh, you know, she's got the opposing forces of safety pin kid doing the whole, you know, oh, I'm going to grow up soon and I'll take the place of my brother thing, which is weird. And then, yep. and, and uh, probably wildly inappropriate that she still hangs out uh, at their house. Yep. And, um,. <laughs> and her feelings for the main guy which she's trying to which you know they have almost no chemistry with each other as mm-hmm. the main guy has no chemistry with anybody but right uh, more chemistry some, but, with
2: his coworker coworker rocker man
1: right uh but uh you know plot demands that you know she entertain this uh the fact this that dalliance. she's in love yeah, um, and she almost invites him into her house dun, dun, dun. and backs out at the last second, and that's sort of the driving force of these two episodes as they're dealing with the aftermath of, you know, trying to figure out what the other person's thinking and what they're thinking, and, uh, and uh, you know, poor Haru uh, gets uh, totally crushed in the, these two episodes. Um, oh, we have straight changed, changed the, th-
2: the ending sequence <laughs> to uh, yes. fake, a fake schmup where she gets owned
1: (laughs) yes like it's so bad that they actually changed the ed to uh which is actually pretty great to be sure yes uh they it's actually like a like live action shot of an arcade cabinet playing a video game uh and the video game is in in an old school vertical shooter how does it compare
3: to the Hidoro doom wad it's not as good (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, yeah, it's not as good, but it's still pretty good because like in the in the actual game it's like boss it's like, it's Haru. like boss fight against your right, yeah. rival. Yeah, she's like the little ship flying around shooting <laughs> UFOs in the town and then when she gets to the end she sees the two the other two together and then she just gets like destroyed by the boss fight and then it just it just ends on her gate saying game over. It's like super harsh. <laughs> but uh and that's pretty much what happens in the episode um which you'll see in 8, what happens, it gets worse for her, because right. uh, main dude is trying to... See, part of, part of the... One of the many reasons I hate this guy...
2: <laughs> it's just like leading is, on multiple people at this point. Yeah, he, he.
1: it's like he's like stringing people along. Everyone particularly is stringing people along. Everybody, everybody's kind of doing it, but uh, you know, he's he is stringing this girl along, and he kind of sort of maybe implies that you know she should move on with her life in the episode eight and it's you know another it you know i have to say again as much as we continue to dunk on the show Uh i still do think some of the dialogue and stuff is pretty well sure yeah and and the, the the bit where he's trying to talk her out of following him around was actually i thought pretty well written um and you know those moments continue to be okay but i feel like they're getting farther and farther between uh, these it's just days kind of still
2: spinning its wheels and like yeah. i understand that's almost the point of the show in general but uh
1: it's a, it's yeah it's interesting because like in in some ways you can kind of understand why the characters feel the way they do, but other ways it's extremely frustrating to watch.
3: <laughs> it's definitely that tough thing, right? Of like, you want to portray a specific kind of mood or feeling, but that specific mood like goes contrary to what we normally consider to be like good, effective fiction. Yeah. And R- right. How do you capture that while still maintaining you know the interest of your of your viewers?
1: It's yeah yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, you still get bits, in, like I said in episode 8, that are, are pretty good. It's just I feel like we don't get many of those anymore. Um, I still don't understand
2: I, why anybody in the show likes anybody else in the show except me. Right, nobody has, pin kids. nobody has
1: any romantic chemistry right. with anybody like, in the show. I understand
2: safety pin kids' one sided like, infatuation, but.
1: R- right. That's it. Yeah, that one makes sense, but. The rest of it, I don't even know, man. Um, I do also want to shout out uh, mm-hmm. Kanahana Zawa <laughs> once again, proving she's the, the best in the business. Because she's been doing really well as the teacher lady. She has a lot of good acting moments over the past I'll say, several I, bu- I wasn't
2: supposed to die laughing when uh, she sees the kid's arm and gets flashback to dead brothers arm. oh yeah 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 um <laughs> but i fucking lost it i was so was so funny to me it wasn't meant to be but uh god <laughs> yeah that, that that was,
0: was
2: funny. <laughs> that, it's like, that whole situation is it's like because he was wildly. sickly and and you know ill and so she would always beat their home and see when they had to pull up a sleeve to give him the medicine or whatever and <laughs> so and Younger, when safety pin kid pulls up his sleeve and shows, like, look how big I am now. Uh,
1: I'm a big she boy gets now.
2: Traumatic <laughs> flashbacks to uh, to those times. This sounds very melodramatic. And just cannot cannot forget the sickly older brother, safety pin senior. Um.
1: <laughs> safety <laughs> safety yeah. pin senior. Oh yeah, that was that was pretty uh, unintentionally hilarious, but uh. Yeah, you probably should not still be hanging out at that house. But again, um, all right. But yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm committed. I don't sure, know about you, Iroh. Yeah. We're we're too on, deep mate. at this point. Finish, I'll finish so. this fight,
3: sir. Got a full uh, season and a half or so. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. They're gonna ex-
1: they're they're gonna do the yeah. Yeah, you'll be, right. you're gonna
3: be watching it past this season. So. Uh.
1: <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> I I don't know. There's there's still part of me. That enjoys moments of it and it's maybe that's what's making me hang on and right, the execution, like the technical execution is still top notch too. But like I said, even just that even the the, beside the art, the acting is is good. That even (laughs) even if they don't have great stuff to work with sometimes the the acting is good and some of the dialogue is very well written. It's just the the general plot is so frustrating. Um so All right, <sighs> we'll 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 tough it out though. Uh-huh. All right, let's move on to uh, we've yeah, listened we'll to come
3: me full circle, folks. <laughs> I uh,
1: I are they are they are they doing too much with the show now? Maybe.
3: <laughs> what do you mean? But are, also, are they gonna, going a going little too thing.
1: all over the place?
3: I don't know. This just seems like what millennial life is these days is just try to take on too much. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, <laughs> let's um let's talk about so episode 7 they tie up the uh the bit with the the dead <laughs> girlfriend in the <laughs> And it
3: turns out that as we all suspected, Minare is the architect of her own downfall every single time.
1: I um yeah, I appreciate how long they dragged it out. <laughs> um, to the point where the, uh, the police were involved and everything, uh, and the, to, to build up to the big this reveal, which, guy, again, we, I don't like... think, I, I don't think any of us believed at any point that it was actually dead bodies in oh, the Oh, no, but no, definitely
3: not, but.
1: It was just a matter of what ridiculous, yeah, um. Yeah,
3: I, I was just curious, like, alright, how is this gonna be Minari's fault somehow, like. And, uh, boy, they found a creative way to explain it. A gross, <laughs> uh, awfully disgusting way of explaining it. <laughs> Jesus uh. Christ. I, you know, I feel like, sh- I feel like anime usually doesn't go for this kind of gross-out humor, and so, seeing it here in, in Wave is is a little much even for me, but I, I commend their commitment to it at this point. Um, yeah. You know, just to reveal that Minari was... <laughs> she, forgot
1: she had meat in the. I forgot she had what, like fifty
3: kilograms of meat that her parents gave her, like Aww. for as a move-in gift. Which also, what a terrible gift to give somebody if you know they don't have a refrigerator to fit that all in.
1: Well, we've like, met her dad, so yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. And so she uh, just put it in like the storage, like closet of her apartment, and forgot about it until it uh, rotted and rotted. And it I feel the like fifty kilos of. A
2: rotting meat—you
3: would smell that for like a block away. Oh yeah, totally. I, the the idea that Minari never noticed is like, I don't believe <laughs> well, you. That...
1: Didn't did they did they say it was like as she was leaving though when she was leaving the apartment or when it was when she moved? No, in? I think it was I when she remember. moved. Like okay. she
3: moved in that she put it all in there and like. So, like, she lived her whole fucking life. Right,
1: like, she would not, not, She would have noticed that. Not
3: right? noticing.
2: When she's like, look, look, there was also the leak, so it's at most 50% my fault. Yes. Really probably less. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I mean, yeah, she, she keeps
1: hedging her apology.
2: Uh, that's a, that's a uh,
3: serious fucking leak. Like, holy shit. <laughs> like, you, you have a right to, like, uh, demand, like you'd have a right to demand like 3 free months of rent for a leak that bad that's that's she
1: ruined this man's life Jesus. Uh...
3: but uh, yeah i just <laughs> and just like yes like some very good exp- very good Minari expressions in that episode just like like obviously there's a the one where she's a dried out husk <laughs> after seeing the police which i thought was very good but the one that i actually really love is the one she has while she's making her apology to the guy on the radio And, like, it's the specific look of, like, someone who is, like, someone who knows in their bones that they have fucked up on a fundamental level that could never, like, uh, under any normal circumstances, could not, would not be worthy of forgiveness. And when she is forgiven, or at least the guy, like, agrees to not press charges... Like it's that like look of like anguished relief of like, oh my god, I am such a fuck up like <laughs> let me just uh... Oh god, please thank you for not ruining my life like the way I ruined yours <laughs> Like you have every right to fucking take me to court. You have every right to to bleed me out for all I'm worth and <laughs> just thank you for not doing that. Thank you for being better than I could ever hope to be. <laughs> And it's, it's, uh, I don't know, extremely relatable in a lot of ways. Just,
1: yeah. Uh, but uh, So what, was that guy's story true though about his, uh, girlfriend? I
3: think so. I mean, because <laughs> Minari agrees. I mean, I mean, oh, that part, that part. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. The reality is probably just she, yeah, he got high on the gases and got, fell asleep. And then she was just like, I'm out of here. I'm. What you think I was gonna have sex with you in the middle of <laughs> right. an obscure mountain in the middle of nowhere?
1: I mean, even if that's what happened, that's still a bizarre, uh, sure, yeah. hilariously bizarre story. That
3: said, I think she—I mean, I, I mean—I think the part of at least he thinks she went missing is true, since uh, Minari agreed to do a missing persons report, right? Uh, in her for her uh, radio I, I
1: just like that they 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 work in these random like bizarre things like her stopping the murder and the uh, her, with her first uh, broadcast right. There, like <laughs> right it's just like random throwaway bizarre uh, situations. But um Yeah, so that was uh I mean, it, again, we didn't expect there to be a real body there, so that was kind no, of a fun no. I mean the joke I mean fun the, twist on it though, yeah. the, once we once we got the, right. the truth. The, the
3: joke the joke is more just, you know, the slow realization is is watching and it was even Minare's own slow real, her own slow realization that this is all her fault.
1: Right. The the, the slow moving car crash uh, yeah. of it all. Um Yeah, so then we have uh, episode 8 mm-hmm. which uh
2: have you focus on um the other lady working at the cafe
3: yeah
1: yeah so uh um creepy uh boss guy is back from the hospital with uh her, with her creepy brother uh-huh, yes. who would be
2: a uh, like villain lieutenant in any other anime yeah, as I
3: described this dude is a mother This dude is a motherfucking Shin Megami Tensei law villain. Like yeah, Yes. That haircut We're gonna keep the SMT that the references going. Like this is a dude who's like you know fucking committing human sacrifices to resurrect Metatron. to it's <laughs> a purge this unclean earth or something. Ah, uh,
1: yeah, um I love uh What's his name? Sister. nakamura sister.
3: Her yeah. yeah. Very good. Some real I like- love when she's
1: I my favorite part of the entire episode is when she's talking with the beer can hanging out of her mouth. Yeah. Uh where like she's not holding it up with her hands, she's just like it's, I'm assuming an empty beer can Yeah. she's like yeah. holding it's her mouth with her. It's a very like
3: talking. real person sort of thing to do.
1: Right. Um and they kind of bring everything full circle back to the bear fight uh-huh. in episode one. Yeah,
3: <laughs> we finally understand the... We finally learn the origins of the bear fight.
1: The full... We get the full context of, uh, of that. Yeah. But, um... But yeah, I, guess, I guess episode eight, more specifically, I felt like was kind of getting all over the place. But, uh...
3: I mean, I feel like it's kind of a setup, right? Like, it's... I think, like... Again, another show we have to remember still has four episodes left. Right, <laughs> right. Like, right. But I think I think I think it does it does a pretty good job of setting up what I think are going to be the obvious kind of plot threads for the remaining four episodes. Right, like right. Her ex the, the brother is there, her. like not got, you know, like right. So like there's that aspect of like what the fuck is his deal? Uh, and then yes, uh, Minari's ex uh, texts her, uh, asks, to, wants to meet up with her, and the preview seems to imply that. He is pro. He is well on the surface trying to make up mm-hmm. with her, right? Like, oh, I'm to-
1: sure it's not going to be that simple. Oh of course, yeah, right? oh
3: yeah. And I mean, there's a and, and you know, there's a part of it that I feel like I shouldn't even like. I shouldn't even doubt Minari here, but there's definitely a part of it that's like, Oh man, I hope she doesn't fall for his bullshit again. But like, also like, you, you w- know,
0: would it what's be happen, would though. it <laughs> be in her
3: character as you know the perennial fuck up that she is to like fall for it somehow? Like, I don't know. Like, it's. But, knowing oh. this show, knowing the way it carries itself, I assume it will still be uh, very funny and, uh, and and entertaining somehow, you know, so.
1: She she doesn't need him anymore, she has her roommate. Uh... <laughs>
3: yes, yes, Mitsuho, the, the perfect partner, uh-huh. regardless yes, her, of gender. Yes, her perfect wife. Uh, <laughs> that's a good ongoing gag, yes, but, uh, yes, just, uh... yeah.
1: The preview did look funny. So yeah, uh,
3: yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it.
1: I mean, it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. Um, right. Like, <laughs> I didn't mention it, but they they kind of did the exact same thing at the end of Gallandino uh, this week too, where her ex comes back. Oh, really? <laughs> like, but they but like that Dino was like
3: it for like heartwarming.
1: Right. A much different tone, yes. But
3: right. Whereas I assume Nari's ex
1: is probably like trying to, is probably going to try to scam her or I, mean, I mean, my only like,
3: assumption is that Minari's ex will be introduced so we go, "Oh wow, Minari's a real fuck up. At least she's not this piece of shit." <laughs> but uh, Or what
1: if uh what if he actually is a good guy? And she just and, and she was the one that messed up the relationship because oh that might God. be too uh, weensy. <laughs> That would Cause, be cause, so, yeah. Because that... we've only heard, we've only seen her perspective. True, on it, true. Right?
3: But oh, that would be such a, I feel like that would be such a fucked up galaxy brain thing to do. <laughs> like it would be, like it would be so like as Eros is so mean spirited. It would. Be... I, I wouldn't,
1: I wouldn't put it past the, oh, the show. Man, it
3: would be so fucked up to do Minari that dirty. Like,
1: uh... I mean, even
3: I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Because also, I think even if even if her t- retelling is biased he did swindle her out of swindle her out of like three hundred thousand yen right right like, right I, like, I don't
1: i don't think that's what's gonna happen I, i'm just throwing like, that out i there don't know but a...
3: i feel like the show would really have to jump through a lot of hoops to justify that as somehow that was minari's fault so you
1: know
3: right uh also one more thing i just continue to appreciate that uh every time minari's dad shows yeah. up uh, yes,
1: yes. I, I forgot to mention for that. Like,
3: oh, that's where she gets it from. When he gives his extended bit about how Minari got her name, and it's the most just
2: Dirtbag,
3: asshole. Yeah, it's, possible. It's like, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, that's where Minari got it from. Just
1: I couldn't remember which mistress to name you after.
3: Oh God, what a <laughs> full...
1: combine them all.
3: Jesus Christ, what a. <laughs> I mean, it definitely puts uh, the the one conversation Minari had with her mom into context when she's like, don't talk to your dad.
1: Like, Right. Uh, I don't I even was... want to talk to him. Yeah. Suck. and Were they implying then uh, that there's like the little flashback at the end of the episode that right. the comedian lady is actually her mother or something? Or...
3: What was that? Oh, huh. I didn't... Hmm.
1: I mean, I, there's probably a lot of ways you could interpret it that, but she was, she, the very last scene was like a flashback uh-huh. with like the, the comedian lady that the, the station master guy keeps right. referring to and she's talking about the name Minari or something and what she was going to name her, did she say it was like what she was going to name her daughter or something? I forgot right, the details.
3: Right. Oh shit. Yeah, you're right. They did. Yeah. I totally forgot about that.
1: So there's some implications on that. Yeah, yeah, could be. But again, I don't know if it's that simple. Or I mean, right, that
3: it's, it's also I mean, the thing is it's also just as likely that just like Minare, Minare's dad was just going through a very weird imagined spot. Yeah. Right, just totally making shit up cuz
1: <laughs> Yeah, some it's, it's hard to tell what's the truth in this show sometimes, which is part of why I love it. Yeah, it's um... definitely a weird show where,
3: like despite like how relatively I wouldn't say I mean, maybe not grounded is the right word, but like relatively like you know Relatively down to earth in the sense of like the the problems people are going through are some real ass right. problems. It's interesting that a comedy in that vein would have this kind of weird surrealist bent to it. Of like,
1: there's there's a lot of unreliable narration. Yeah, a lot going of like,
3: like, it's not the show I thought I would be watching. Going, wait, is this real? Is right. is, is this real or is this like uh, her imagination? I can't tell anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right, and that's part of what I love about it.
3: Yeah, it's it's certainly something.
1: Yeah, all right, well, another one we can look forward to more on that, but uh, you know, now that we've got the appetizers out of the way, let's uh, <laughs> let's get to our main course
2: here. Uh, okay. Oh boy,
1: uh, we're gonna finish things up by talking about uh, BNA, brand new a- brand new animal, and to recap last episode. Uh, I had finished it, you guys had not, and I had some general thoughts to say on it at that point. Uh, since that time, two things have happened. You guys have finished watching the show, and I have watched Promare, which I think <laughs> will add some additional context oh, yeah. no, I think, to I, this discussion. I, 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 uh, I, you yeah. know, uh,
3: in the show notes, you're going to list this as B&A, but I think what this really will be is the... <laughs> The bna Mare discourse, because... Right,
1: the, the state of trigger or something. Yes. Cause... Yeah, I think because... And, and just on the high level, because BNA and premier came out in somewhat close proximity to each other, and it's very odd to me that two things that came out so close to each other by the same studio have so many overlapping themes, I guess. Yeah, but but... Um, but, like,
3: almost, in many ways, very, a very different execution.
1: Right, which I think, you know, we'll get into that. But bef- I guess to start, since you guys just finished the second half of the series, I wanted to get your general thoughts on that to start. And, well, uh, I guess before that, quick recap. I did not like the back half of BNA, which we talked about last time. And I felt like, thematically, it's kind of all over the place and I had kind of trouble caring, didn't particularly care for the characters, et cetera, et cetera. You can go back and read the tape on that. But for context, that was my position. But I want to hear what you guys thought.
3: So I think that the 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 nicest way I can put it with B&A is that I think the indi- individual parts are greater than the sum of the whole. Uh, I think that... <laughs> I think BNA has a lot of really. That's not
1: usually how that expression goes. No, so that's no. Not, uh... Yes, that is not <laughs> yeah.
3: how the usual expression goes, which is why I am putting it that way. Um, I think BNA has a lot of really great individual pieces. I think that, as we said, the art is great. You know, the art direction is fantastic. The animation, when they have the budget and the time, is really good. I think that the characters are often. <laughs> They often can be quite funny and likable and compelling, and I think that the soundtrack is uh, really is, is is really slick. I I'm a big fan of it, and I think that thematically, the show could be interesting, and so you have all these pieces that I think are honestly quite promising. I I do think that like the individual building blocks that make bna are are quite well made it's just that somehow somewhere in the middle where they get you know blended and 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 put together into like a single like cohesive thing it it never really manages to find its identity its its voice and i think that that is an issue that kind of Kind of dogs the show all the way to its finale. Um, I think that uh, you know it's it's how do I put it? Like, yeah, I guess one of the things we can definitely talk about is like the show in many ways feels kind of thematically confused. It it
1: <sighs> right. You, you get because um, obviously there's the big there's a lot of real world, real world allegories you could make with the, you know, the, the, the beast people and yeah and you know, how they're, I feel like they, there's, um, you know, there's, there's the obvious, you know, racism thing you could take, or I feel like there's some immigration issues in there. When you look at their city, they know the how they have their special city thing. Um, and then I, I think things really just went downhill with me when they started bringing in the cult stuff. And like
3: it's a it's a show that feels a little too uh, a little too stuffed for its own good. I yeah. think that there's just one too many one or two too many plot threads competing for screen time. I think that honestly, I think that the version of BNA that is just about the cult or just about the, the allegory or just about, you know, the evil pharmaceuticals company it could be a pretty solid... You can't have
1: a cult and an evil phar- pharmaceuticals company. <laughs> yes. It, it, pick, it's, pick it's, one of the other. It's
3: asking for just a little too much, yeah. And I think that you see that in the way that the show finishes up. I feel like, you know, to talk about the finale, I think that, you know, the final episode, you know, again, regardless of our feelings about the show as a whole, it's a solid final episode in the way Trigger does solid finales, right? In the same way that, despite... It, what it we, checks
1: it checks the checkboxes. It checks the
3: boxes, right? In the same way that the Little right. Witch Academia TV series also had a very solid finale, right? They, yeah. you know, you play the OP, all the side characters show up to help. Uh, the main character does the, like, Shi Gurin Lagon style, like, zoom-in speech, like, when they're, like, declaring their determination and their willpower. Uh, you know, you got a cool fight. They, they don't go to... S- so I should, we should probably um, preface all of this by saying, obviously, we're going to be talking about BNA spoilers. And probably Mare spoilers, too, while we're at it uh, for the rest of this podcast. So, you know, yeah. if you're still listening, uh, at this point, you know, you can watch and listen to the rest of our content at TheGloriaBlog.com. You can follow us <laughs> on Twitter at TheGloriaBlog, etc., etc. This, et this is
1: the last topic on our list, yes. Right, this so... is the last
3: topic on our list, so if you don't want to hear any spoilers about BNA or Promare. I feel like we should just hedge our bets yeah, here. Because we'll probably right. talk about both.
1: We'll see you next time. Yeah, we'll right. see you next time. Uh, and go watch Promare, please.
3: Yeah, go watch Promare. You know what? Go watch BNA2. Why the fuck not? It's 12 episodes. Sure. Um, you have
1: Netflix yeah. already. All right. Well, that so. said, okay.
3: <laughs> so, the finale. I think that there, it does a lot of, like, look. There's a lot of fun things. The fight, I think, is real neat. It's well animated. Uh, I think it kind of does come a little bit out of nowhere. But...
1: Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, so, um, so I think
3: it's, like, Trigger, I think, and Trigger, even under Yoshinari's direction, is totally capable of doing, you know, that, that final episode shows that there was a version of BNA that could have had that energy throughout the whole show, right? Like, I, you know, look, man, like, obviously I want, like, cohesive storytelling and consistent, like, thematic, like, you know, through lines, but also, if you put a a crocodile man in your last episode... Double-fisting Tommy guns. Very good. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have a good time. That uh. that whale just had two commando-style rocket launchers. Just.
1: <laughs> but then, like on the flip side, you get like um. Like the, when when they get to the the fight with the final bad guy, and you know he does the completely you know obvious reveal of I was actually a you know a. a Beast man, all along. beast man, a secret Beast Man, a secret super Beast Man. Uh, it was a lot of that going around, um, the uh, he, and he, and but when he not, they could have he could have just done that, but he had to give a whole speech about he's actually the like the pure blood type, and he used this whole like long explanation of why he's better than even just your regular Beast Man. It's like I didn't need, we didn't even need it that. It Doesn't work, right? And not like, only doesn't like, work, I, I don't care. He's the didn't best, ha- yeah. that, you didn't even have to say that. You could have just said. I'm a beast man. I'm also a beast man, and we can kind of do the math when he's all you know, glowy and everything. Like, uh, what's his name? The wolf guy. Uh, Gummy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We can. We can. Uh, we can immediately visually equate that they're probably going to be on about the same level in this. Right. Thing, you know. or,
3: or, even more. Like, I mean, Ero, maybe you want to talk about this about how the the secret beast man reveal, like, kind of muddies like B and A's already right. kind of confused like themes to begin even more. with. I was unclear on
2: why he he felt the need to change all beastmen into humans or whatever um it's like right it's like a there's the plan to make them all go crazy and smash up anima city uh thus proving beastmen are inferior or whatever b there's the element where he wants to turn also turn them all into humans because something but then who also knows. this, all of this is muddied by him being a secret super beastman. Uh, so he's no longer just like a human supremacist who wants no, right, right. wants to get rid of beastmen. No, now he's a beastman who wants to get rid of less good beastmen.
1: <laughs> right, and it's like totally torpedoes whatever right. theme they were. Especially, might have right, especially in comparison
2: to like Promare, where yes, Cray Foresight being revealed as you know like a self-loathing burnish. Actually, I would say is like strengthens the themes of yeah. I, I,
0: I,
3: like, I you know, again, it's like I don't, you know, look. Let, let's be real here. Like we all, I think all three of us here really loved Promare, and we're not trying to imply that oh, Promare, like had particularly deep or complex <laughs> Right? Rating. No, absolutely but not. But I do, I do think that like what you're saying, you're about stuff like crayforce, like being a self-loathing burnish, right? A member of a denigrated minority who is who who has internalized his oppressors, uh, uh, um. Uh, rhetoric. Right. That's like some weirdly galaxy braid level shit for Trigger.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and, and yeah, I mean, you say that Promare doesn't have deep writing, but I, I, I don't want to discredit, like, I would say maybe it's not complex writing, but I feel like it, it tackles big important themes yeah, so much better. I, the,
3: the way I put it is that Promare, like, has effective writing.
1: Right. A, and, like, um, like i can tell you what promare is about right right yeah. like, even and and promare actually does <laughs> it's funny cuz I, I you know i was watching it after you guys were describing it last time and like you know you're saying the message of like you know promare is about racism bad right yes. but uh-huh. um I, I you know i would actually take it a level further and say i i kind of took it as you know we have to stop being selfish assholes or we're all going to die mm-hmm. um, and racism being you know through with under that umbrella, they can tackle things like racism, or you know, rich people being to will of, willing to sacrifice other people's lives for their own benefit, uh-huh. or uh, you know, climate change denial. Right. I mean, there's
3: definitely an environmental. The, there's a, there's a lot of
1: areas well. that that Promare touches on in such a short period of time, but it's all under one strong thematic umbrella. Right. That all makes or sense. I think, I think and a goes good way together. of putting
3: it is that all of Promare's various thematic themes. Like like everything related to to its various themes are consistent with each other. The burnish are a uh, the whole burnish conflict thing. Uh, uh, consistently lines up with each of the thematic elements that Promare is trying to tackle. Whereas with BNA, the beast man allegory doesn't really hold up well to scrutiny. Like, like it, it maybe holds up okay to one of the themes, but not all of the themes. Right.
1: Right the other things are just like let's throw in this idea yeah without any attachment to what else is going on in the show
3: right and i think that like so my big my 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 big like you know thesis on bna i think it's kind of two pronged in that i think the first issue is that just like i think bna was i mean it's kind of similar to what we said it's just too cramped right too many things are competing for attention and as a result, I think the things that BNA would actually need as a show are missing. Like, yeah, I was kind of talking this through, and, like, you know, we're kind of talking about how like, how what BNA really needed was just, like, four or five more episodes. And what I think is, I think actually BNA just needed, like, three. Like, three episodes, th- like, thematically, it needed to tackle three things, I think, for this show to to really, you know, come together. And I'm not saying that this would have saved the show, but I think it would have made it a stronger work overall. I think the first is we never get an episode solidifying Ugami and Michiru's relationship. We we never get an episode solidifying them as friends, right? Like mm-hmm. we get all the we get all the plot beats of the unlikely couple, right? You get all the tropes of the odd duo throughout the show. But they don't really have any they don't have any impact because we don't see them as friends, right? Like to bring up another trigger work, right? How come... How come the Mako Fight Club episode is so good, right? Like, you know, in Kill a Kill, the episode where Mako becomes captain of the Fight Club, Uh and she becomes a two-star, and becomes super rich, and becomes delusional, and, like, loses sight of, like, what really matters, and, you know, eventually ends in the cathartic, like, you know, uh, making up between Ryoko and Mako at the very end, right? Where she abandons her her two-star lifestyle, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like how come that works and it's because they're friends right we care about them they have a real friendship right every time ugami and Michiru fight or it's like i don't trust you anymore or like ah even though i don't like you like we got to stick together it's like you guys barely know each other right like we didn't get a single episode of just those two hanging out in the city like just we needed filler we, we needed filler. Like, we just needed those two hanging out so we understand oh, okay, even though they don't see eye to eye, they are friends. They do care for each other, right? Right. Like, they
1: have they have some kind of, you know, they, they have the same values. Right. Like, we they needed have some just, kind of connection. We right? just needed even one episode different. of that. Like, just one right.
3: episode could have helped. Then, the second episode, I think BNA is missing. We never get an episode telling us why Anima City deserves to be saved. Like, the closest we get are baseball episode. the episode where Michiru hangs out with the dolphin girl, mm-hmm. and the episode in which Michiru helps out the baseball team. But, other than those two, we never actually get a glimpse of, like, Anima City as, 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 as an entity, right? Like, what are some of our favorite anime about big cities, right? Like, uh, uh, Blood Blockade Battlefront, right? Mm-hmm. Like... How can we come to love that version of New York? Because we spend so much time with not just its main cast, but the people who live there, right? The girl who runs the diner, the guy who eats the burgers. The, you know, we gotta get chow, we gotta get lunch, right? <laughs> like, you know, like we we get we we lo- we begin to love the city because the city is as much is as much a character as the main cast. We never get that with B like, mm-hmm. right? I think it's very telling that every single time any of the crew from episode 5 showed up anywhere else (laughs) in BNA, it instantly became good for, like, 30 seconds. Like, every single time without fail, because you're like, oh, shit, it's those guys! Right, like, the whole bit near the end where the raccoon is like, oh, man, like, is eating bread. And it's like, oh, man, it's it's crust! crust. Right, super crust! It's bread crust with this weird white stuff in the middle that I've never seen before. And that's that's (laughs) hilarious! It's so good, but... (laughs) We needed, more, we needed another episode of, like that, right? I'm not saying we needed another Amishi-directed episode, but we at least needed an episode that was, like, right, exploring life in Anima City. Why is Anima City worth saving? Like, why are these people worth saving? Like, yeah, they're belligerent, and, you know... I mean, it's, it, it's sort of... I think they really should have taken a page out of uh, BBB's book, right? Of, like, that kind of New York thing of, ah, they're belligerent and they fight all the time, but you know what? We're all just trying to... Make it here in the big city. I think that we need
1: we need to know like what a day day in the life of Anima City is like. Right? Exactly, which we totally. don't really know at we all. We never got we don't, that. We can't answer that question after after right. the time the show is over.
3: And then, similar to the first episode, I think the
1: other thing we never
3: got, despite the fact that the show ch- kept trying to convince us, is are Michiru and Nausicaa friends? Like, <laughs> yes, I'm about yeah. obviously they're
2: friends. They keep saying that they're friends. <laughs>
3: Right, they keep saying they're best friends, and we keep getting flashbacks while the ED plays, but, like, (laughs) again, like...
1: At no point do we actually see that demonstrated. Uh, like,
3: again, to bring back the Mako Ryuko (laughs) thing, it's like, if you want us to feel bad because there's a gulf between these two characters who used to be friends, you need to convince us they were actually friends once upon a time, because that's what makes the gulf between them feel tragic. But...
1: Yeah, and that was, like, a whole other tangent they went on with, like, uh, when she was calling out Michiru for being, you know, leaping in and not, uh, you know, thinking ahead and, you know, just, you know, assuming, you know, making all the assumptions that, you know, I'm going to do, you know, you're assuming I want to do this and all that, and, like... Again, they're picking away at their relationship when we we as the audience have not experienced that relationship. Right, at so all. It just,
3: they just sound like a married couple that's on the rocks. Like, right, like you're trying to convince us that these two had a relationship once upon a time, but all we ever see them do is fight. So,
1: right, the and our only our only basis is uh, some photos that they show every right. now and then. And right, it's.
3: Like, uh, And it's a tough thing, right? Like, it's... I don't know... Again, I don't want to, like, cast blame or, like, say, ah, this is all somebody's fault. But, like, you know, like, is it, you know, like, is all this because, like, Nakashima is writing these two works so close to each other? Is it just the way Yoshinari handles, like, you know, his storytelling? Like, I... You know,
1: I... I I would... would, Yeah. I'm kind of interested... Because obviously these things are collaborative, right? Like like you said, you can't pin it all on one person. And, you know, even though Nakashima wrote both, you know, how much is the, you know, the big picture stuff coming from the director? Right. And, and, you know, Nakashima filling in their ideas versus... and, And for better
3: or worse, because we've seen Yoshinari direct a TV series before, it's a similar effect. Just, yeah, for better or worse, I feel more inclined to believe that it's just the way Yoshinari
1: like that's hey, what he wanted and Nakashima is just trying to help him yeah, fill in yeah, and it's like, the details but uh
3: and again, yeah, I, it's unfair cuz right, I don't want to be like oh Yoshinari bad amaishi good but it, I mean it's just like even on a good day Promare is such a hard act to follow like yeah. it's
1: I mean that's the other thing like even just not the fact that Promare is fantastic uh I, like it feels like did did Yoshinari and did like communicate at all that they were working on? For, uh, <laughs> right, like what like, they were the working fact on. That, like
3: Alan and Kray, like, like, the fact that Alan is ba- basically just like skinny, cray foresight is like, like, like
1: it feels like they didn't talk to each other at all during the production of these. And you would think having Nakashima in the middle of them that he might say something. You're like, hey, but, this sounds really similar to this other thing we're doing right now. It's because, because uh, you know, they they, they are thematically somewhat different, but you could definitely make a Venn diagram of the different themes going on in both of them, and there would be a lot of overlap, I don't know, right?
3: dude, I don't know dude. I would almost go as far as say that Venn diagram is a circle. Like, <laughs> it's...
1: I guess if you're looking at big picture message, yeah, yeah it's, it's a pretty... And, and, like, how does... how did two things get made so chronological? And, and who knows? Maybe Promare was planned... maybe the actual writing of Promare happened, like, 3 years ago or something so maybe it's so far removed that you know it didn't seem like it The the only you know, thing They I, didn't plan it out with them yeah, coming uh, coming out within uh, you know 6 months right. of each other or whatever The the only but, thing I
3: can definitively state about what I know about the production of the two is that uh is in an interview Amaishi apologized to Yoshinari because the production of Promare went over time and uh, apparently cut into what was supposed to be the production schedule for BNA but, right. You know. So we
1: know Promare, I'm assuming the concept of the story was written years ago Probably, at this yeah, point. Probably, yeah, definitely. I mean, that was, I, mean, I mean, they announced Promare back with the, when they announced with Darling and the Grid Franks Man, and yeah. Gridman, right? Yeah, it was the last so that of those was three like, to
3: actually come out. So.
1: Right, so that was like years ago now. So maybe it's just because that, that was written so long ago and BNA was written more recently. It's not like they were being written at the same exact time. Right, I mean... But that said... <laughs> You would think, with the you know the foreknowledge of knowing what Promare is about, yeah, <laughs> you would have taken that into. So I uh, now I can stir up rumors that Imaishi and Yoshinari aren't talking on speaking terms. <laughs> I hope that's not the case, <laughs> but
3: you know it, it is. Uh, it is you know I mean I think this happens a lot in the industry where I mean this happens a lot in the industry where two completely different studios arrive at the same similar idea, right? Like. You know, right. uh, for a video game example, you could look at Sekiro and Ghost of Tsushima, like two games that happen to get announced around the same time about right. samurai ninja shit. So this this does happen because, like, ideas don't come from, like, a magical wellspring. It's usually, like, something to do with the culture, something to do with the times, has people thinking about similar things. The reason why it's so damning for Promare and BNA is because they're both written by the same dude. <laughs>
1: Right, they're written by the same guy, it's the same studio, like, a lot of the same people I'm sure were working on.
3: Right, like...
1: Both of them. Uh, that makes it a, a lot more strange, I guess. And But, you know, that aside, it doesn't help, then, you know, we should, of course, judge these things on their own merits, but it makes the comparisons even harsher when you're looking at Promare handling, you know, similar topics yeah. so much better. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can't help, you can't help but draw the comparisons if you watch both. Yeah,
3: definitely. I mean...
1: Uh, it's, it's unavoidable. So, I don't know, it's, it's, that, that just struck me as really strange that there would be so much overlap in such yeah. a short period of time.
3: And I do wonder if maybe it's just, like, so this, this is going to lead into the second prong of, like, my thesis <laughs> on, like, BNA, but I wonder if, if maybe they just didn't recognize those similarities because... I think those two directors, Amaishi and and Yoshinari, operate on more different wavelengths, even more different wavelengths than I had previously assumed. Like, you know, the old wisdom is that, okay, you know, Amaishi is the, he's the energetic wacky one at the Trigger Crew, and Yoshinari is like the, the kind of more calm, collected, technical guy, right? And I think that maybe also the way they approach storytelling, maybe that led to the... I don't know, maybe that led to them not realizing how similar these things actually were until, like, it was put to paper and animated, because...
1: Right, maybe when you're drawing up the big concepts for it, it doesn't sound the right. same. Right, they feel
3: different enough, at least at the time, but... Yeah, so, like, the, so here's how I'll put it. Like the, one, of the, one of the fundamental things that I think I realized while watching BNA... And again, it's hard to judge, you know, definitively because Yoshinari has only directed two TV series and two OVAs. But I think maybe the real difference between like Yoshinari and Amaishi, when it comes to like how BA and Promare turned out, beyond just like the technical aspects of like their, their budget and like you know what they had to work with on a technical level, I think is like it's 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 less their technical skills and it's kind of more. The difference in their sensibilities when it comes to how they pace and framework their narratives, and the way I've decided to st- to, to, to distill this is into a single into is into a single simple rule I've come up with, uh-huh, which is that, uh-huh. and I, I I phrase it this way on purpose. Amaishi is always climaxing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And what I mean by this is that in most of Amaishi's works, his characters are always active participants in their narrative and are kind of always responsible for their own forward narrative thrust so they are always kind of jumping from one mini narrative climax to the next that eventually leads to the 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 larger overarching narrative climax you know you think about like what do what do, what do, what do Simon and Kamina want to do they want to break through the ceiling then what do they want to do after they break through the ceiling they want to fight the beast men what do they do after they fight the Beastmen? They want to defeat Lord Genome and the four generals, right? Like, like it, it, it it's, it's, con- they're, they're, his characters are constantly jumping from like one conflict to the next, and, and they are, they are the agents in their own momentum, yeah. Like, kill a kill. What does Rico want to do? Find out who killed her dad. How does she do that? Beating up the various club captains, beating the the four generals again, <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> defeating Satsuki, right? Like. I joke, but, like, it, it kind of makes sense when you think about it, right? Like, Imaishi's characters are always the agents in their own their own narratives, right? Right. Whereas, you know, even even the one time in which Imaishi's characters are reactive, which is in the second half of Gurren Lagann, when the anti-spirals show up, once the characters decide, we're gonna go beat the fuck out of those anti-spirals, it's just that for the, r- the remaining, like, eight episodes, right? Like, they... Right. Whereas, I think with Yoshinari, I think that... The thing with—the the, the problem that both Little Witch Academia and BNA ran into is that their char- their main characters are entirely reactive. Like, they don't—like, like, was like, ostensibly here to discover the mystery of her disease and help out the people of Anima City, right? But right. she doesn't really do that t- unless it shows up at her doorstep. Like— in some, in some cases, literally, like the episode with the bird guy crashing <laughs> in through her roof. Like, she doesn't do anything unless the plot asks her to do something. And... Right. Same thing with Akko in the TV series, right? Like, she doesn't really do anything unless the plot demands that she, she starts doing something. And... I don't think that's necessarily... I don't think that automatically equals bad storytelling, right? I think sometimes protagonists should be reactive. They should be put on the back step. But I think that right. when both BNA and Little Witch Academia are like that for probably 80% of their runtime, I think that's when it becomes an issue, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you think about what are the good episodes of BNA, right? It It is the episodes in which Mitteru is kind of taking a more active, like role in her own storytelling, right? Like the baseball episode. Once she gets dragged into being part of the baseball team, she goes all into it, right? Like Little Witch Academia, the the broom race, or when she decides to help Constance build the giant robot. Those are episodes in which Akko is taking an active role in her in her narrative momentum. And I don't know, it's like it's a I don't know like if that's just like the way Yoshinari does storytelling or like it's just a coincidence, um, but I feel like it's it's an aspect that, at least to me, sticks out about the way Yoshinari uh, handles storytelling.
1: Yeah, that is an interesting uh, point that I did not realize until you mentioned it. But that is, uh, I don't know if that's the only <laughs> issue I would take with uh, what, you know, whatever, whatever is... Keeping Yoshinari from getting over the hump here, but yeah, I, th- I could definitely see that being a contributing factor. I guess. Um, I just, I just, I don't, I just don't know if he can, if he's just putting together, like, like I think you said it earlier, finding his identity, right? Yeah. Like, you know, we know what Amaishi directed work is like yeah. right? you can you can watch that and tell oh this was directed by Amishi you can tell right away right, <laughs> right. like i'm not sure if you didn't tell me Yoshinari directed you know BNA would i know would i be able to tell i don't know
3: i mean um, all the flashy light effects in the last episode <laughs> would probably clue you well in, i mean but... <laughs> but i mean that's the
1: thing like his uh, i mean you know He's. We know he's an animator, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. he's one of the best animator to ever, animators to ever do it. So, like, nobody's going to question that. So, like, I mean, you, you can you can see things in his you know visual style, perhaps. But like, but as, as far director. as as a director, you know how things are, you know, paced and how things are, you know, you know all this, all the good stuff directors do, um, right? It, you know, I think a
3: good director the, imbues a work with his identity, right? His creative yeah. identity, the way he, <laughs> you know.
1: like, I don't want to get all, you know, all into you know abstract feelings and things, but like, you know, you, you don't you don't feel his soul in it, you know? Like, I, I <laughs> like, I, I you know, I, I I don't I don't know. It's just,
3: but I think the thing is, we have felt his soul in a work before, right? We have both the Little Witch Academia OVAs, so like. Or in least, a, okay, so maybe I, it's
1: in a short burst. Yeah, though, yes. or I guess that's
3: the weird thing is I guess I, I I had assumed that the Little Witch Academia OVAs was his directorial voice, but BNA it, it muddles that. Yeah, it it uh. Yeah,
1: and and you know you know I I I think you see flashes of that in the, the Little Witch Academia TV series as well. Totally. Even if it's not consistent. Like that's that's always been my problem with the with the with the TV series is the consistency because you have highs and lows. Uh-huh. Definitely. Where which I think were much higher than the ones I was getting out of BNA, to be honest. Yeah, but look, that um, baseball
3: episode is really good. Okay.
1: <laughs> yes, but again, one episode <laughs> cool uh, uh, yes, can't deny the baseball episodes great, but that was one episode. Um, the I feel like there were a lot there were actually a lot of good episodes in the in the the LWA TV series. It just, across the course of 24 episodes, it wasn't super consistent.
3: It was, like, maybe, you know, I think the way we put it is that there's, like, 12 12 episodes worth of good material in the Little Witch Academia series.
1: (laughs) Right. Um, Like, you know, the, was it episode, uh, the, the the Susie Dream uh-huh. episode. Yeah, totally. Like, it's I one mean, of my favorite episodes I mean, of anime not, you ever. know, we right? really put like, it
3: this way, then I guess it does kind of put BNA in, in an even more damning place that at least with the Little Witch Academia TV series, everybody could list probably at least five solid episodes. Whereas with BNA, I think you have... Episode five is great. Episode one is good. And the last episode is decent. Right. And...
1: But aside from, you know, maybe episode five... I'm not going to. I'm not really going to go to bat for those episodes. Like they're good, but like I'm not like wowed or floored right. for them. Right, floored by them. Um, so yeah, I mean, we 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 see flashes of Yoshinari, you know what he's capable of as a director. And I feel like we just saw even less of them in BNA though. Like compared to his work on Little Witch Academia. Yeah, so, it's
3: it's it's a it's a it's a hard thing to. I mean. You know, look as somebody who, who almost, who who goes to a Anime ex- Expo almost exclusively just to see the Trigger guys. <laughs> you know, it is it is hard to watch Yoshinari struggle like this. I, because I think he really is like a really talented guy. But you know, it, it, I guess yeah. The 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 little the, the Little Witch Academia TV series in BNA definitely starts to make me wonder if like he's just one of those guys that is like is a great director, a great like. A great art director, a great storyboarder. But I mean I think maybe is it
1: fair for us to expect someone who is w- one of the greatest animators of all time to also be one of the greatest directors of all time? No, like I it's mean, not that's, the same you, job, no, right? Totally, like, right, like, <laughs>
3: like yeah, I mean yes. I mean honestly guys like a are probably in the minority, right? Like you know, you don't you don't look at say Utapon at Bones and be like, Hey, why doesn't he direct shows, right? You're like, No, he's a right. key animator. Like, that's that's what he does and you know you, you give him a script and then he turns it into visual gold and i think yoshinari is i mean what if maybe yoshinari is just, is just cut from a similar cloth like he's he's not because it, it, it is definitely a different skill set and sometimes those skill sets overlap right i mean kind of similar right, but with it's, like auto it's right? not a guarantee by any right, means right no though, it's no right? guarantee like, and yeah. you know sometimes you even have cases of like a guy like amamiya who went from inferno cop to gridman and it's <laughs> like i don't think anyone would call amamiya like a I mean, okay, here's the thing. He's actually a pretty good artist, but I wouldn't say he's, like, you know, a Yoshinari or Sushio-level talent when it comes to animation, but right. it turns out he really found his voice in directing. So I, I guess, like, it, isn't, it is not necessarily a one-to-one conversion, and I think... I don't know. I... You know, I, I I really hope that <laughs> I don't want to say
1: Yoshinari shouldn't be a director. No, but I, I, I want it's him like, to. I, it just seems like just it's not his strongest. I just
3: want him to succeed, okay? Like I want right. Yoshinari to have his Gurren on you know? Like like for Amaishi, you know, I think premiere. I really do love Promere and I really do love Kill a Kill. I, I would never ever try to say those works are like not up there with my favorite anime. But also for better or worse, no matter what you throw Amaishi, he could always just kind of sit back and be like. Yeah, well, I made Gurren Lagan, so you could shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and I want Yoshinari to have that. I want Yoshinari to have his Gurren Lagan, his Evangelion. The the thing he can, like, hang his hat on as, like, his crowning achievement. And, like, I mean, he has Little Witch Academia 2, the Enchanted Parade, you know, which is... You know, Nothing but a delight. Am, fucking amazing, but I, I, I need... I, I want him to have, like, a TV series to his name of that caliber, and... I, I don't know. Like, it's a tough... I don't know if, like... It's a hard thing to tell if it's, like, a... it's a, If it's an experience thing or just, like, a... I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, I, I naively want to hope it's just a lack of experience, right? Like, but now he's directed four things and it's, like... Yeah. Th- then you start to fear, oh, is this just...
1: It's just what we're gonna get. Yeah, now.
3: is that just kind of who he is as a director? And I... That is heartbreaking to consider.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I have to wonder, like, is it just, like, a situation where he's just built up so much goodwill that, and, is, I mean, I'm assuming that's what he wants to do, is to be a director, if that's what he's doing, and he doesn't want to just be, you know, just an animator Right, anymore. I mean, there are and,
3: definitely guys at trigger who could be directors if they wanted and to. And
1: he's got but enough clout where he can say, I want to direct, right? Yeah, definitely. So... You know is that even though he might not be their best option is that just the what you know the reality of the situation because that's what he wants to do
3: yeah i i, I mean i guess it's also another thing of like I, I, was, I, I was i was i was floating this hypothetical situation but like would it have actually have worked out better if yoshinari directed pro mayor and had access to a full movie budget <laughs> that let him cut <laughs> loose with no restrictions and then Emishi directs BNA, because Emishi knows how to work on a shoestring budget and make it work, whereas it feels like maybe Yoshinari's thing is that he doesn't know how to get the most out of a
1: limited budget,
3: because his best works are the ones where he basically had unlimited money and time. And well,
1: my, my first counter to that is I don't feel like BNA was lacking on uh, budget. Budget. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I felt like I felt like that aspect of it seemed pretty solid. Like that, like we're not questioning any of the technical merits of B no, right? No. Like uh, it's one of it's probably their you know best looking TV show, but um, out of the two that they've done, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what
3: three? Right? Jesus Wait, Christ, four? y'all! <laughs> what? Wait, what do you mean?
1: <laughs> i was, well, like full length. Full length. Am I missing another one? They've like, done like, like a. Show. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. I, I, I'm just talking about like originals, a full, like a full. You want to talk about like,
1: <laughs> like full episode, not Inferno Cop. Kill a uh, kill. Uh,
2: well. Kiznaiver, Do Me a Darling in the Franks, Gridman. Um. Oh, I forgot
1: Kiznaiver. Do do I, I
3: don't count Darling in the Franks. So.
1: And I don't know if uh, yeah, I don't know if we count <laughs> Darling in the Franks.
3: Luluko, do we um, Luluko? That was half episodes. Yeah, it's not a funny. Uh, Luluco falls. I feel like Luluco falls closer to the Inferno Cop end of the trigger <laughs> spectrum. Fine. It's better animated, but it's it's look, I'm just saying they did that adaptation cafeteria- that nobody gives a shit about. Also. Look, I'm just saying like, in this cafeteria, Luluco sits at the same table as Inferno Cop and Ninja Slayer.
1: <laughs> right. So um yeah, so like we're not questioning the the technical merits of B and A, but I don't know if we're gonna would have hmm, if we had swapped directors. I don't know. If, I feel like again, so much of uh, you can see so much of Imaishi's soul in Bromer, like fair, true, true. I don't know what that sh- that story would look like think, with somebody yeah, else. <laughs> I, I mean,
3: I think you're right. I think it's just like, I think for me, like pragmatically, I think Imaishi's, Imaishi's personality shows no matter what budget he's working on, like like amashi could animate purely with just flash tweening and you would still understand like right. his pers- his personality would still come through whereas i wonder if yoshinari is one of those kind of guys who like his voice just doesn't shine through until you give him enough money like
1: well that well that okay so that kind of loops back around cuz you mentioned maybe bna should have had more episodes i don't think that would have helped it i think maybe you should have just had less stuff in it and maybe Putting time constraints on Yoshinari where he only has, you know, an hour to 90 minutes would be to his benefit to where he has to focus on, you know, one...
3: The most core elements.
1: Right, you know, one big idea. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's what it is that would help in, you know... Maybe he should be doing movies Maybe, or something. Yeah. I don't
3: know. it's a tough, it's a tough situation. I, I, I don't mean for us to be, you know, backseat directing here, but it, you know, it's right, right. I think, I think, but I think, you know, if nothing else, I think this speaks to, you know, I'm sure some of this was definitely, you know, an intentional marketing choice, but how much trigger as a studio trades on its personalities that we would even talk about its individual directors this, this in depth because I think that, yeah. uh yeah it's a studio with outsized personalities with really identifiable styles and
1: yeah i think there are other i mean there are other anime directors you could kind of do similar totally i think it's just that i think the reason
3: we talk so much about like this whole oh my shivers Yoshinari thing is is because we know those directors right so well and not many
1: studios have like that many big name directors like under their umbrella officially right. right
3: I guess, you know, to maybe start to bring this towards a, a conclusion, I guess I will just say that, you know, if nothing else, like... I'm really curious about where Trigger goes from here. Like, not just BNA, but also a post premier world, right? Like... Like, where... Where do, where do the careers of its respective guys go? Yeah. Like, is... Does, does Trigger now become a three-director studio, right? Like, is it that we get... Do they just alternate between Amaishi, Yoshinari and Amamiya? Like is that just kind of the new format for
1: I think you have to give Amamiya another He's doing Dino he's doing Gridman. Yeah, he's doing Dino right.
3: Xenon, which uh got announced or it's I mean for something non Gridman <laughs> related.
1: I think you got to give him another crack at sure, it. Sure.
3: I mean I would love to see what else he does. I mean for now if he keeps doing these really good ass Gridman anime that I'll I say let him keep doing it, but
2: <laughs> they're coming up on but, their 10 year it... uh
3: trigger I mean Oh, Triggers, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, again, I think that...
1: <laughs> I mean, the question I put out to you guys is, is, is Amayashi ever going to do TV anime again? I...
3: Hmm. Good question. The, the way I feel
1: about Are they going to this... go to the uh, Kiwani model put <laughs> your best director... <laughs> oh, God. Put your best director on the Moneymaker oh, movies.
3: And put the fucking second-string st- second guys on the TV shows. put everybody else on
1: to uh, the TV shows, yeah.
3: I think that in a lot of ways, it would be very strangely fitting if in some roundabout way... Trigger became the the lewd, rowdy mirror to to, ki- T- to, T- yeah. to 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 Kyoani's. Um... In, in terms of both studios trading a lot on a very like identifiable studio identity, like right, you know the way that you can say mean, the- that's a Kyoani anime. You could say that's a Trigger anime, and
1: right, those two have the strongest like studio identities. And the, the, the way I, I
3: kind of right. thought about it was like, you know what, like. If there's, anything you can, if there's anything you can criticize Promare for, it's that, at worst, maybe it's a Maishi doing a bit of a victory lap. Like, he's just like, man, I'm really fucking good at this shit, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> like, mm. like, I mean, it's just, it's just him doing the same old tricks. It, it, it is, in many ways, in a Maishi Greatest Hits album. And the way I felt about that is, you know what? I don't mind getting that every, like, two, three years. Like, right. if it's just like... I would like
1: to see him something that doesn't start Kamina next time, but this one was... <laughs> I
3: mean, my point is, like, even if he is just doing the same old thing every time, that, that's a fun thing to watch every few years, right? If it right. was every season, every year, maybe it gets old, but if it's just him doing what he loves every few years, that's a thing I think I could really find myself looking forward to every time it comes around. And then the question kind of remains, like, well, what's with Amamiya and... And, and Yoshinari do, right? Am- Amamiya is still a pretty fresh director. I think we we gained a lot of faith in him because of Gridman, but I think we still need to see where Dino zenon goes, right? Like, it has a really promising staff. You know, they revealed the staff and uh, the character designs recently, and it's basically all the same guys, right? Yep. Like, so that's really promising, but, you know, we still need to see how that plays out. And then with Yoshinari, it's... uh I don't know, maybe maybe they should just kickstart the third little witch academia OVA I mean <laughs> that might be the safest choice for Yoshinari at this point like
1: yeah all right so uh on the uh, the stack ranking of best trigger shows where does BNA end up on the uh, the hmm. list
3: I mean I think it is probably the lowest ranked of the trigger originals but Still ranks above all of the Trigger hired gun shows.
2: I mean, define Trigger Originals, because you could could put Keys and Ivor and Darling the Franks on that list, too.
3: I would definitely put those below B&A. Look, man. Right. Like, yes, we have problems with B&A, but I think the thing I want to make clear, B&A is a 3 out of 5 show, or a 7 out of 10, whichever... Whichever review score whichever you prefer.
1: scale you it's, like, yes.
3: It's fine. It's not bad. Like, I think I want to make it clear is that BNA is not a poorly made show. It is not an offensive show. It is not... It is not bad to the point where we dropped it. I mean, it's... You know, it's... It is It is solid for what it is. It's just... Right. Not particularly noteworthy by the standards we have come to associate with. It's a
1: three-star show from people that we're expecting four- and five-star yeah, shows from.
3: Yeah, yeah. And so, like, you know... Look, I I gotta be honest. I only watched like two episodes of Kids' Niver. That was like when I was in Singapore and I was super busy. And I was like, this sure looks nice, but I don't know if I'll stick with this. And you know,
1: I forgot it exists. Unlike so.
3: unlike 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 Darling in the Franks, BNA did not actively offend me episode uh-huh, to episode. Uh-huh. So I would still rank BNA above that, if nothing else. Sure. Like it's, I'll put it this way.
1: But does it rank above Space Patrol Luluko? No,
3: no, it definitely falls below Luluko. Like the stack ranking <laughs> okay. now. If we're not going to include individual series, but, like, the the franchises as a whole, it's probably, like, it's probably Kill a Kill, Little Witch Academia, Inferno Cop, Gridman, Luluco, B&A? That's that's my personal stack rank because I made a deal with the devil that Inferno Cop always has to be in my top three. So are we
1: not are we not counting Promare because oh shit it's a movie. Oh or should man, we count Promare? Where does
3: Promare go in all this?
1: That's what, maybe that's the more interesting question. Oh, I think man. we're probably all on the same page on B but
3: I think Promare is probably like for for me personally, it sits around Little Witch Academia tier. Like in terms of like it is just a delight to watch. It's a lot of fun. I it's unbelievably well made I think I think for me personally anyways I think Kill a Kill just slightly ekes it out because it has more time to like kind of explore its characters and you know
1: yeah I always prefer tv shows over movies but I had Promere been a tv show it might be number one for me
3: I mean, that's assuming Promare could keep up that level of quality. If it, across could, if it could keep it up for 26 it, right. episodes. I that's a, think, that's a, huge, it's a huge assumption. I think but... Promare, in a lot of ways, gets to be what it is because it's 90 minutes, so.
1: Yeah. Ira, what do you think?
2: Of where BNA ranks?
1: Yeah, where would you put BNA in a, well, well what the hell, Put a, where would Promare <laughs> go?
2: Promare is like everything she's ever made in one movie, right? I mean. Yep. Right.
1: Where- yeah
2: probably up there that
1: is the spirit the spirit of trigger
2: being being a I would not it would not crack my top three let me put it that no way. I don't
3: think it cracks any of our <laughs> top three but I don't I think, don't it think it, it, but I don't think five. it cracks the bottom three <laughs> sure sure I mean it's again I feel like even the worst trigger original uh-huh. Largely... Darling in the Franks,
2: okay, keep going. Shut, shut keep up. Keep going, keep talking. <laughs> what are you going to say about Darling and the Franks, G? <laughs> Darling and the Franks doesn't count, and you
3: know it. That's an A1 Productions. <laughs> I mean, yes, Nishigori is honorary trigger. I won't deny that. Look, let's. Look, look, Alright, you know what? They, be, they
1: announced Darling the Franks with <laughs> alright let's, ah,
3: let's ah. Be fucking, all right let's be fucking real all right we're All we, we're all like hemming and Hobbit. oh poor Yoshinari it's a shame that as a director he just couldn't really pull it together you know what Yoshinari is fine nishigori that's the darkest timeline for we're, we're,
1: we're shifting a uh, blame now <laughs>
3: Nishigori is the darkest timeline for that for a, for a Gainax alumni like that's that is the greatest fall from grace. You could you could you could you could possibly imagine but look you know yeah. what i say when i'm <laughs> saying that even like the bad trigger works are generally still okay on like a, a a technical and thematic level
1: if you if you want to put the asterisks on darling the frank's not being completely a trigger production i also don't want to completely absolve them from guilt either oh no of course uh, not i yeah. mean
3: they look they signed their name to that project they gotta they they have they 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 know what they did
1: right and of course <laughs> and of, co- of course with the you know the majority of anime fandom it was tremendously successful so you know who are we to uh, uh,
3: yeah I mean
1: qu- question it but uh no we we definitely should question it, it was it was bad <laughs> um all right. Well, I think uh, that does it for our uh, exhaustive, uh, uh-huh. comprehensive coverage of being A brand new animal and the state of Trigger. Yes,
3: we got our Trigger disc- We got our annual Trigger discourse podcast. Do out.
1: um, have they announced anything else other than the the, nope. the Gridman? No, the new Gridman.
3: That's kind of why I said I think it's going to be interesting. I think if it if it had not been for COVID, I think I definitely would have tried to cajole Eero into going to Anime Expo with me this year because my suspicion is this year would probably have been the year where Trigger reveals what they're doing next
1: i saw um Coming up i didn't tenure. read the details
3: yeah that too and you know Anime studios love their big anniversary projects
1: right um I didn't see the details, but I did see Anime Expo is doing some kind of online thing.
3: It's not the same. It's not the same when it's...
1: Right, but I mean... The Trigger
3: guys get money guns and shooting shooting Inferno Cop dollars at the crowd. Of course
1: it's not the same, but there's still opportunity to announce stuff, right?
3: Man, what if... Ooh, okay. What do you think Trigger does for its 10th anniversary? Do you think... We either get Inferno... Oh, we can't... Well, Lulico is
1: five, right?
3: Yeah, I was about to say, what do we get Inferno Cop 2? But then I realized, you know, the...
1: Should it be Lulico (laughs) 2?
3: The VA passed away, so we can't... Man, I'm real sad we're never going to get any more Inferno Cop. That actually... Inferno... That really bums me out. Um, uh, Okay, fine. How about this? The 10th anniversary. Trigger's got like a big PV going. Lots of lights and showcasing. And then... Fly away now. Starts playing. Mm. Trigger got the rights back to Panty and Stocking. <laughs> panty and Stocking season two, let's, baby. Let's finally it's finally happening.
2: Probably just sex bonds at lightspeed. Like, no, it's Panty and Stocking season
3: two. It's finally happening. That that oh. that joke at the end of season one. That wasn't just a joke. They meant it. We're definitely getting season two.
1: Baby. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I actually want to watch a second <laughs> season of Panty and Stocking, but I want it to happen. <laughs>
3: Oh, uh, uh, just imagine, imagine.
1: They did have, didn't that come up, like, over the, sometime over the past year, somebody asked about that, and they're like, they could do it or something, like, it's not like a, they're not going to be like a licensing problem or whatever, but.
3: The thing I heard they, is that basically, if the respective parties wanted it badly like, enough, they couldn't make right, it Right, Gynax isn't going to stop them, right? It's, it's just, a, you know, I think at this point, Trigger is more invested in growing its own properties.
1: I mean, I feel like if I offered like thousand dollars to Gynax right now, they would give me the rights to Panty and Stocking huh, given their current we situation. Look, we should look into that then. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I'll look into that. All
2: right, then we'll find they'll finally have enough money to make Blue Uru.
1: <laughs> i <sighs> do money to post uh, this is so that, uh, I, this is the this trigger this was, is a, this is, is the
3: trigger discourse podcast not the morning guy yeah podcast. Well, yeah i
1: don't let's let's we're, we're way over time here which is fine because I, I wanted to air out i wanted to air it all out <laughs> on this uh, topic
2: Save Yoji and Okita from continuously working on bungo stray dogs then maybe they can actually make something good uh free tsuramaki while we're at it Yep, freezer. Sur- yeah, free sur- well, sur- well, free well free the, the
1: last Evangelion movie is never gonna happen. You know, so
2: just uh, have triggers ten year, beats Rumaki and Okito surprise collab once more. Oh, and we're back. Man. They...
3: Uh, now we, we just coming We need
1: to end scenarios. Yeah, was... <laughs> 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 Before we get to some some <laughs> uh, uh, some variation of biscuit hammer happening, we need to uh, close this uh, conversation. Yeah. So um, all right. Well, that'll do it then. Let's uh, get our housekeeping. Uh, Check out our content at theglorioblog.com. Follow us on Twitter at theglorioblog. You can uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, and YouTube. Um, Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. And we'll catch everybody next time.
0: and it